You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, episode 87. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. Do you have the edge over your competition? What I mean is, if you and your competition have the same target market, same products, and same fees, what sets you apart? Do you have an edge? Most likely, you don't. And if so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers don't have a way to create an edge over the competition. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they've never really learned what prospects and clients alike want. And what they want is a connection. They want to feel connected to you more than they do their current advisor or agent. They want to know that they can trust you and that you have their best interest at heart. And get this, they want to start feeling this way the very first time that they speak to you. So what do you do? Well, you have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing and you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Or you could learn what I call the advisor's edge, which is a tool to help you build effortless connections. And that's what we're going to talk about today so that you can learn what successful advisors and agents do to create connections with prospects and clients alike. So if you're ready to learn how to have the edge over your competition, and more importantly, how to build strong connections, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn about the advisor's edge? Well, think of it this way. If you learn ways to make effortless connections and you practice the process to the point that it seems natural for you and you easily connect with others, it's not only good for you, but for your business. And it's going to help those people that you're talking to feel at ease and they're going to want to work with you. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast today. Because I want you to understand that creating what I call effortless connections can actually be, well, effortless. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, the origins of the Advisor's Edge Worksheet so that you understand how it was created and why. Second, the top seven techniques of the Advisor's Edge Worksheet so that you can make effortless connections right away. And third, why the Advisor's Edge Worksheet works, so that you understand why it works and how it can work for you. Now, before we jump into those three things that you're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a few questions. What would your business be like and your life be like if you knew exactly what to do to make effortless connections? Would you feel energized? Would you feel empowered? Would you like your business more? And would you apply what you learned? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. The Origins of the Advisor's Edge Worksheet If you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that I've been in the financial services industry since 1993. 
And I started Advisor Solutions in 2004. So it's been 20 years of coaching. And over the years, there's been a pattern of uncovering challenges and searching for solutions. Then when I'd find the solution, I or one of my clients would apply it and track the results. But every once in a while, I or one of my clients seemed to find the solution to a problem I didn't even know existed. And that's how the Advisor's Edge worksheet was actually born. You'll understand what I mean in a minute. See, years ago, Wayne, a great client of mine, who's been in the business, or at the time had been in the business for about five years or so, was being coached by me. And we were in a coaching session, and I recommended that he practice handling objections by using note cards. On the front of the note card was the objection. He'd write any and all objections he could think of. And on the back of the note card was the rebuttal or the way to handle the objection. He was to write out any and all of these note cards that he could think of and then practice those before our next session. So two weeks goes by and, and we had a coaching session again. And I asked him right away, how did the exercise go? And immediately he said to me, I didn't do it. But I did something that you're actually going to like better. You're really going to like this. Now, I have to admit, at the time, I was skeptical. In fact, I think I was actually frustrated because I thought, what could he really have done that could be better than just practicing those note cards? You see, previous to that, years earlier, almost a decade earlier, I had another client, Seth, a great client who actually created 200 note cards. It took him a long time, but he created 200 note cards with 200 different objections. And he actually practiced that with his son every day. Get this. He would give his son $5 every time that he got one of the cards wrong. In other words, his son would say the objection and he'd say the rebuttal. And if his son read it on the back or if he couldn't remember it and his son just said, Dad, you got it wrong, he'd pay his son $5. That is until the day that he told his son that he wasn't going to play the game anymore. The game was called the objection game, by the way. And his son... His son replied to him, Dad, how much do you think you can make off a sale? And his dad, my client, said, well, it depends on the sale. Why? And his son said to him, well, it seems to me that if you make a lot on the sale, then spending only $5 when you get it wrong, practicing it with me, is actually a better deal. And then his dad turned to him and said, get the cards. You see, I wrote that story in my first book, 101 Advisor Solutions, and I titled it, Success is Child's Play. <laughs> oh, and the last time I heard, that kid who was 12 actually is on his way to law school. Now, back to Wayne's story. Like I said, I didn't think he could have actually done anything better than just practice the note cards. But he did. Here's what he did. He created an Excel spreadsheet. And with that spreadsheet... He had a series of tabs, and each tab was another technique that I had taught him. So in effect, so in effect, if he got an objection that he believed was, let's say, true, like I have an advisor, most people don't lie about that, he would click the objection resolution tab, which is the technique. Then he would look at the first column, which was the objection. He'd find I have an advisor or the objection, and he'd go right across the row. You see, the rebuttal was all across the row. And each column 
was just the next step in the process to overcome the objection. So let me give you an example. If the prospect had said, I have an advisor, he would do the following. First, he clicked the Objection Resolution Model tab. Second, he'd find the objection in the first row. Third, he'd do the four-step process, which is empathy acknowledgement, best question, three benefits, and close. So he didn't need to memorize the rebuttal, but instead, he needed to know where to find it and be able to read the rebuttal right across the row. And it was brilliant. So now, when I would say, I have an advisor, he would just click a button and immediately read across the row, saying the empathy acknowledgement, I completely understand. Everybody I've ever worked with had an advisor when I first met them. Best question. But I'm curious, if there was one thing that you could change about your relationship with your current advisor, if you could change anything, what would that be? And then if we were role-playing, I'd say something like, I don't know, I never really hear from her. He would continue with the three benefits. That's exactly why I'd like to get together with you. My clients know when we're going to talk, what we're going to talk about, and what they can do in between meetings if they need to talk to me. And then he'd go to the last one, close. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? But it didn't stop there. He not only had tabs for handling objections, he had tabs for all types of techniques that I had taught him over the years. And it was all on one tool called the Advisor's Edge Worksheet. Or at least that's what I called it after he had sent it over to me. Because I thought to myself, this is the edge. It's the edge over the competition. See, the reason I told you that story right now is so that you'd understand how it was created. The reason why it was created was so that he and others could easily navigate around several techniques at any given time while on the phone with a prospect or a client. But you might be wondering to yourself, what are the different techniques on the Advisor's Edge worksheet? Well, that is what we're going to talk about next. The Top Techniques of the Advisor's Edge Worksheet Okay, you might be thinking to yourself, cut to the chase. Just tell me what I need to know. Or at least teach me these techniques in bite-sized bits so I can digest them. But before I do that, I need to ask you this. If you had this tool, understood each of the techniques, and how to navigate around it, would it work for you? Well, get this. The answer is yes. It reminds me of a client that I had years ago. He was a rookie, brand new rookie. His dad had been in the business for 30 years. His dad was actually a client of mine and wanted me to coach his son. The son didn't know anything about what to say, how to say it, or how to handle objections. But the son had a lot of tenacity, and he was eager to learn. So we started. We started with the Advisor's Edge Worksheet. and We started with the first tab of the Advisor's Edge Worksheet, and then went to the second and the third, and the fourth, and so on. And he got so good at using this tool that the first time that I had him role play it in group coaching, the other advisors on there were shocked. He sounded so polished that you would have thought that he had been in the business for 30 years. So, let's go to the first tab. Tab number one, the detailed flowchart. So the very first tab is one of two ways 
to navigate around the Advisor's Edge worksheet. The other is that actually all of the tabs at the bottom of this worksheet. And oh, by the way, this worksheet is actually an Excel spreadsheet. So picture an Excel worksheet. And the first tab is titled Detailed Flowchart. What this page is, is a flowchart of a conversation and all the possible directions that it could go. Okay, so here's why it's so important. On the left side of the page, it's titled The Advisor's Edge Stage 1 Worksheet. Stage 1 is the first of four stages in the pipeline. It's what I call, it's called the initial contact. Under the title is a flowchart, which has a box at the top of the page titled Framing the Conversation. This is the very first technique that you have to learn when someone picks up the phone. So when they say hello, you know exactly what to do. It's a four-step process, which is intro, the reason for my call, three benefits, and close. I have two examples in, in this worksheet, on this page, just to the right of the box, which are cold call individuals and cold call business owners. So right there, you know exactly what to say when you call someone. There's actually no guesswork. So if I was calling a business owner right now, it would sound something like this. Hi, is Joe there? Yeah, this is him. Who's this? This is Dan Finley with Investor Solutions here in Minneapolis. Hey, Joe, the reason for my call is I've been working with business owners for the last 30 years, and I'd like to get together with you so I could show you how I help my clients reduce their taxes, have more money in retirement, and make sure their family's taken care of if anything happens to them. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? Now, there's only two possible responses that they can say. They could either say yes or no. And those are the two boxes that are below framing the conversation in the flowchart. If they say yes, they want to meet with you. Oh, and if they don't want to meet with you, they're going to give you a no in the form of an objection. This is super important because it takes us to the next set of boxes in the flowchart, which are connected to the no forward slash objection box. So picture this. There are two other boxes right below the the objection box, the no forward slash objection box. On the left is true, which is we believe them. And on the right is false, which is we don't believe them. Here's what I mean. When somebody gives you an objection, you have to ask yourself, is it true? Meaning, do you believe them? Or is it false? Meaning, you don't believe them. Some examples of objections that seem true are, I have an advisor. I believe them. I have an insurance agent. I believe them. I have life insurance at work. I do it myself. And so on. Or even this one. I'm not interested. Again, I believe them. Now, you might get other true objections later in the sales process when you meet with a prospect and do a proposal and ask for the order. And they might come back and look at you and say, ah, it seems kind of expensive. You see, I believe that they think that it's expensive. Now, some examples of objections that seem false to me are, I'm busy. Are they really busy? If they were interested, they'd meet with you. Or how about, why don't you send me some information? Do they really want some information? I doubt it. Or how about, you know, it's a busy time of the, the year for me. Why don't you call me next month? Or call me after the holidays. 
Do they really want you to call them after the holidays? Probably not. Now, you may have other false objections later in the sales process. Again, when you meet with a prospect, you do a proposal, ask for the order, only to hear things like this. Well, let me think about it. Or how about this? Let me talk it over with my spouse. Or how about this? Well, you know, I think I want to read it first. You see, I don't really believe them that they need to think about it, talk it over with their spouse, or they want to read something. So underneath the true box, there's a, a flowchart, a vertical line from that box that takes you to three, three possible ways to handle it. Spin selling, the objection resolution model, and feel felt found. Each of these boxes linked to other tabs on other pages of the, the Excel worksheet. Now, if we go over to the, we go back to the false box, it has a flowchart vertical lined as well. And that takes you to one technique that I call the smokescreen technique. I'll explain that later in detail. Underneath the smokescreen technique, there's two possible outcomes or boxes, which are a core objection, meaning that you found the real objection and you can go back to the true box or objection looping which just basically means you didn't find it and you keep hearing, nope, just busy, I'm just busy, I'm just busy. And they keep looping in that objection again. So think of the first tab, the detailed flowchart, as a navigation system. Oh, and one last thing. Wayne made it even better because he created additional boxes that he titled with the techniques and the links. So on the right and on the left of the page, they really, they talk about the specific objections. So you might look at one of the boxes and it says smokescreen links. And underneath that, you'd see, I'm busy. You'd actually see that sentence, that rebuttal, I'm busy. And if you click that, it's actually hyperlinked, not only to the right page, but to the right objection on that page. It's brilliant. And it's an edge over the competition who not only don't know what to say, but don't know why. They need to say it. Now, bear with me. I'm sure your head is spinning, but let's go to tab two, and you'll start to understand all of this. Tab number two, the smokescreen technique. I've talked about this technique several times in various podcast episodes, but it's, it's something that all advisors and agents need to know. It's what to do when you don't believe the prospect or the client when they give you an objection. I've given you some examples of this, but let's go over those again. Things like, I'm busy. Why don't you send me some information? It's a busy time of the year for me. Why don't you call me next month? Or call me after the holidays. Now, when you hear these objections and you don't believe, when you don't believe them, it's time to click the smokescreen tab and find what they said and go across the row reading the rebuttal and being able to find the real objection. The columns on this page are the techniques itself. The columns look like this. Objection, so you find the real objection. Empathy acknowledgement, so you defuse the prospect. Open-ended question, so you get them to open up. And closed-ended question, to finalize the conversation. The result should be to find the core objection, or the real objection. Let me explain by giving you an example. I'll role play both sides of this. So here's an example. If somebody says, I'm busy, 
I would come back with this. I completely understand that you're busy. In fact, it is a busy time of the year. In addition to being busy, what else is holding you back from wanting to get together? I don't know. I mean, I have an advisor. Is there anything else? No. Right there, I found the real objection. They have an advisor. See, your goal is to get to the objection, not get through the objection. We just want to find the real objection so that we can go over to the true side of the flowchart. Let's go to tab three. Tab number three, the objection resolution model. I've explained the objection resolution model several times in these podcasts, but it's probably one of the most important techniques that you can ever learn because it can be your go-to technique when you hear the real objection. Again, some of the examples of the objection resolution model are, I have an advisor. I have an insurance agent. I have life insurance at work. I do my investments myself and get this one. I'm not interested. I believe them. I didn't give them anything to be interested in. When you believe the objection, then simply click this tab, find the objection, and read across the row. It's that simple. Now, here's what all the columns look like on that page. First column says objection, so you can find the objection, and then you can overcome it. The next column is empathy acknowledgement, so you can defuse the prospect. The third column is best question, so that you can question the value of their objection. You're not saying they don't have an advisor. You're just helping them to understand maybe that advisor doesn't have a lot of value. And then the next column, three benefits, so they can see what's in it for them. And the final one, close, so that you can ask for the order. Let me give you an example of this page and what to do when you find the real objection, such as, I have an advisor, would sound like this. No, I have an advisor. I completely understand. In fact, everybody I've ever worked with had an advisor when I first met them. Hey, if you could change one thing, I'm just kind of curious, if you could change one thing about your relationship with your current advisor, if you could change anything, what would it be? I don't know. I don't really hear from her very much. Well, that's exactly why I want to get together with you. You see, what I'd like to do is show you my client servicing system that basically will show you when I'm going to get together with my clients, what we're going to talk about, and what they can do in between meetings. Hey, do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? As you can see, when you know exactly what to say, it's not very hard to overcome the objection. In fact, objections don't really seem that much of a problem anymore. Let's go to the next tab. Tab number four. Tab number four. The feel, felt, found technique. This is an old technique for overcoming objections. In fact, it's probably been around for 30 plus years. So you may not want to use it a lot. But if you practice this, it can flow nicely. Again, this is used when you find the real objection. And all the previous examples can work with this technique. So here's what it is. When you go to the Technique Feel Felt Found tab, you'll find the first column, Objection. Same thing, so that you can figure out which one you want to go to and go right across the row. And then you'll see the tab Feel, so you can defuse the prospect. And then Felt, the tab Felt, so they can connect with the character in the story. And then the tab Found, 
so they can see the value of moving forward. And the final tab, close. So you can ask for the order. Let me give you an example of the feel felt found technique with the same objection. I have an advisor. And here's what it sounds like. I have an advisor. I completely understand how you might feel that you're all taken care of. A lot of my clients felt the same way when I first met them and they had an advisor. But what they found was that they were taking way too much risk. And it was better for them to know that before the market pulled back than after. Can you see why it's so important to get together and just make sure that you're not taking too much risk? And they would answer, yeah, I guess. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4 so we can just make sure you're not taking too much risk? Which one's better for you? As you can see, this is almost like you're, you're doing a mini story to try and connect with the prospect. And again, if you practice this, it'll work. Let's go to tab five. Tab number five, spin selling. So I've done a podcast on this in episode 17, How to Master Questions-Based Selling, in which I explain the acronym SPIN, which stands for Situational-Based Questions, those uncover facts, Problem-Based Questions, which uncover problems, Implication-Based Questions, which uncover the implication of not fixing the problem, and Needs Payoff Questions, which actually uncover the value of your solutions. So if you're not familiar with that podcast, Go to episode 17 after you finish this one and learn this process. You'll be glad you did. Well, what I learned years ago is that asking questions and using spin selling can actually be used to, get this, overcome objections. The reason is, is because when you ask the right questions or the right types of questions, you take them down a path by answering your questions to come to a conclusion that they understand the situation, the problem, the implication of not fixing the problem, and the value of your solutions. Again, this is used when you find the real objection. And all of the previous examples can work with this. So here's what all the columns look like. The first one, again, is objection. So you find the real objection. The next one, situation. So that you defuse the prospect. The next one is problem. So they start to open up and tell you the problem that they didn't even know they had. Then implication, so they understand the value of not fixing the problem. And then needs payoff, so they understand the value that you bring to them, the solutions. Now at this point, you just have to agree with them. It's another technique, which is called the agreement close. I'll explain that later in another podcast. Here's an example of the same objection. I have an advisor, and I'll take you down both sides of this role play so that I can show you how you can use spin selling to get through the objection. And it sounds like this. Well, I appreciate the call and everything, but I have an advisor. I completely understand, uh, but I'm kind of curious. How long have you had your advisor? Oh, I don't know. I've probably had my advisor for 10, 15 years. Oh, that's great. So how often do you review everything that you have? I don't know. We take a look at it every couple of years. When was the last time you actually had a second opinion on what you own? I've never had a second opinion. Oh, I can understand that. Most people don't. What concerns you most about not knowing if you're taking too much risk in a bear market? 
well, I don't know. I just kind of assumed everybody was taking the same amount of risk. Well, they're not. What do you think would happen if you basically keep the same portfolio and the market pulls back again? Well, I'm going to lose money again. Exactly. How would it help you most if you just found out if you were taking too much risk? That way, you know if you should stay right where you're at before the market pulls back again. Well, it's probably a good idea, I guess. Exactly. And that's exactly why I'd like to get together with you to basically take a look at your portfolio, give you a second opinion, and help you to make sure you're not taking too much risk. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? See, as you can tell from this example, this technique creates more of a structured dialogue, and it's powerful once you learn how to do it. Let's go to tab number six. Tab number six, the filler formula cheat sheet. So this tab is more of a reminder or a guide on how to make a better connection with a prospect or client. I did a podcast on this, on this entire topic, episode 19, the filler formula. Please listen to that if you want to build instantly build, I should say, rapport with anyone, anywhere, anytime. You see, years ago, I had a client role play, two clients role play in a group coaching session. The one playing the advisor would ask a question. The one playing the prospect would answer. And then immediately, the one playing the advisor would ask another question without even acknowledging anything that they heard from the prospect. And it sounded like an interview, or worse yet, an interrogation. So I created what I called the filler formula, which is a simple formula that goes like this. Question, answer, filler. And you do it over and over again through the whole conversation. And using that formula over and over again was smart because what it does, it lets the listener, or in this case, the prospect, know that you're listening. And out of that came an exercise, the filler formula exercise, that we did in role play. Well, we don't have time to, to go over the exercise, but I do want to tell you what is on the tab, the filler formula cheat sheet. You see, this is a page with three columns. The first column says number. There are five different filler types. The second is the name of the filler. So it's got the different types of names, such as stories and quotes and so on. And the third column are examples, so you know what to say. So for those of you who don't know the filler, the five forms of filler, they are acknowledgement, such as, okay, uh-huh, I see, stories, so you tell a story, sound bites, so you can say a quote like, you know what Einstein said about the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And then there's curiosity question, such as, I'm curious, tell me a little bit more about that. And the final one, the fifth one, empathetic listening. It's a way to reflect what you heard, and it works. Now, I won't go into examples of using this in a role play, but just know that if you're having a hard time connecting, it's most likely that you don't have good questions and or you're not using fillers. Let's go to tab number seven. Tab number seven, the reconnection strategy. This is the tab you want to click when you're, you're stuck. You're stuck in what I call objection looping. It's when you hear the, 
the smokescreen, the smokescreen objection, that is, something like, I'm busy, and you don't really believe them. And they just keep saying it, no, I'm busy. In addition to that, what else is holding you back? I'm, I'm just busy. Is there anything else? No, I'm busy. <laughs> At this point, you need to reconnect because you're disconnected. So, you use this technique. And here are the columns. First column, again, is objection. So you know which objection you need to, to go across the row and read what to say. The second one is disconnect. It's what they're saying. I'm busy. So they're objection looping. See, the, the loop is the objection over and over again. The next column is the word explain. You make a statement explaining why you keep asking. The reason I keep asking is, and then you go into the next one, the story. You tell a story about somebody else in this case that was too busy to get together and how that was the wrong thing to do. And then the next column is reconnect. And you make a statement like, can you see why it's so important to get a second opinion before, before the market pulls back? And then you go into close. So you ask for the order. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? So in episode 84, The Flip Side of Foolish, and episode 85, The Flip Side of Foolish Part 2, I have two of my great clients role-playing, framing the conversation, which we talked about at the beginning, smokescreen objection technique, the objection resolution model, and the reconnection strategy. And basically what they're doing is they're stacking these skill sets. And they do a great job at demonstrating how it sounds. So if you haven't listened to those podcasts, I'd go back and listen to those. Why the Advisor's Edge Worksheet works. So I said we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, the origins of the Advisor Solutions Worksheet. Check, we did that. Second, the top seven techniques of the Advisor's Edge Worksheet. Check, we did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is why the Advisor's Edge Worksheet works, so that you understand why it can work for you too. By now, your head is probably spinning with so much information, and hopefully, you're not too lost. What you know is, there's a lot in this tool. But what you don't know is that I'm running out of time to explain everything in this tool and didn't even have time to cover four more tabs. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be adding a lot more time to this podcast. But I wanted you to fully understand how it was created and what it is. Equally important is to understand why it works. And it reminds me of a meeting that I had with one of the largest brokerage firms in Canada. I met with their training department in a Zoom meeting, and we had the number one person in training, number two and number three person in training in that meeting. The number three person was referred to me by one of my great clients. In fact, she was the fourth generation referral, meaning I had a client that gave me a referral. That person became a client. Later, they gave me a referral who became a client. And then the new person gave me a referral who became a client. Anyway, she was a, a fourth-generation referral. And as I was explaining what I teach my clients, I mentioned the Advisor's Edge Worksheet. And I emailed it to them while we were on the phone. I taught them how to use it, and I said, pass it along. 
but I also explained why it works. And what I told them is what I'm about to tell you. It works because you have a process for everything in the conversation. So regardless of where you are with the prospect or where the prospect goes in the conversation, you have a process to make effortless connections. Oh, and by the way, the third person in the training department gave me a referral about a year later who became one of my best clients and somebody who, who manages a team that manages over $2 billion in assets under management. Now, after listening to this entire podcast, you got to be asking yourself, how do I get this tool? Well, it's simple. Just email me. Email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com, and I'll send it to you. <laughs> You'll be glad that you did. Because if you use the Advisor's Edge worksheet, I guarantee you that you'll make effortless connections and finally have the Advisor's Edge. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business. One solution at a time.